When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash... Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for a bigger job, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags. This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get Hefty Ultra Strong with new Fabuloso Lemon Scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. Hello everyone. Welcome to the Game Week 2 part of the FPL Wire powered by Dreamset Go. I'm your host Zofa and I'm joined as always by India's reigning FPL number one late riser. How did your Game Week go, Ella? Why did you have to ask me first, huh, stuff? Uh, it was... Uh, Poor start to the season. I got around 43 points, uh, sitting at around uh, 3.4 million. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice to look at it in hindsight and say it was a mistake. It uh, was a very high-risk gamble uh, that didn't pay off. And I wasn't expecting the Salah of three years ago to show up, but he did. Uh, outside of uh, that, uh, my captain Werner didn't do too much. I wish uh, he was... Uh, you know, put on goal earlier by RLC or Barkley, but that didn't happen. Uh, DCL did me proud. Uh, outside of that, I'm not too uh, panicky or too worried about my team. I think my team looks decent for next week. Uh, hoping to cover up some ground. Hmm. And we also have FPL Twitter stats guru, Big Man Baka. How did your team do this week? Hi, hi, Zafar. Uh, it was it was nice. I um, I got 75 points, so I'll take that as a solid enough start. I was uh, lucky enough to have uh, Salah, Captain, and uh, Justin in my team. So they were the two guys who contributed mainly um, to my score. Um, Don't say lucky. Don't say lucky enough. It was a good decision that paid off. There's a lot of debate uh, about that with the penalties. I call it it lucky because of the penalties, but but yeah. He also took eight shots. So so I don't think personally it was lucky. He took eight shots. So it's just a matter of probability. I don't either. I thought mm. uh, he totally deserved that hat trick. Mm. So I. So yeah, yeah. It, it's a nice enough start, and I'm 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 glad to you know start off on that note. How how about you? I got 71 points. I think just four less. We have more or less similar teams. I think it's primarily Robertson that was a differentiator. So I got 71 points yeah. again with the bulk coming from Salah, Justin, and Oba. So let's move on now to the next week. Now a brief introduction on DSG. It's a glo- DSG is a global portal for fans to gain access to sporting events across the world. Accommodation, flight tickets, hospitality, stadium visits, everything can be tailored exactly to your requirements. They also do celebrity experiences, which include masterclasses with your favorite sports celebrity, or something as simple as birthday shoutouts. Visit dreamsetgo.co for more. 
The FPL Wire is a part of the Fantasy Scout Network, and all stats used in this podcast are taken from the FFS members area. Please sign up if you haven't already. And uh, today on the pod, we're, I'll just take you guys to what we're going to be talking about. We're uh, going to do a game-by-game, game, just go through the observations that we made in game week one. A uh, lot of questions coming in for what to do with the Spurs assets. We're going to be discussing that. Uh, we're going to be talking about a lot of people are contemplating selling Mo Salah and those without him are wondering what to do about Mo Salah. We're going to discuss that. We're going to be talking about who the uh, who which teams are showing early signs in terms of the whipping boys. Uh, we're going to discuss the pros and cons of a game week three wildcard. Uh, we're going to be talking about, as always, three teams in depth. We're going to be talking about Everton, Chelsea and Liverpool this week. We're going to have a little discussion on the budget strikers. The fixtures we're going to be looking at closely are United Palace, Southampton Spurs, Everton West Brom and Arsenal West Ham. Followed by our usual clean sheets, captains, top three stats from the big man, our differentials and our teams followed by the Q&A. Yep, yep. So let's jump in right away to the game week one observation with the fixture that I really enjoyed the most this weekend. I'll say even more than the Chelsea game, Liverpool Leeds. So my, It was a great game. It was genuinely it was a, a great game. I, I loved how attacking Leeds were, how forward the fullbacks got. I think we were debating D- Dallas and Ailing. I think both are good choices. It's just a matter of like, you know, picking one and sticking with him till the end of the season. The Liverpool fullbacks, especially TA, I thought was quite rusty. That own goal header was quite funny. <laughs> I bet he was glad that was <laughs> VAR'd out. Robbo was quite attacking. He seems to be getting in the box a lot more, I think, than last time. Generally, I haven't seen Robbo break into the box as much. Another interesting what, thing... What are your thoughts on Leeds? Uh, I think uh, let, we'll deep dive into Liverpool when we're doing the team by team. Mm-hmm. Thoughts on Leeds? I think one interesting thing about Leeds, I think they're a system-based team rather than a team that places emphasis on individuals. So I don't think they will have a talisman per se. So I think the points are going to be spread around. I think out of all the midfield picks, I would probably go with Harrison. But we have to keep in mind that he's going to miss game week four since he's on loan from Man City. The defense, I think the the, the centre-back Ben White, I think he's not he's a big, big miss for them. I think he, they were def- defensively much more leaky without him. And I think Mitrovic can get something against them next week. Ha! Huh, uh, I don't know how you think Mitrovic can get something because I thought uh, Fulham were absolutely toothless. Uh, but uh, just my observations uh, on Leeds, a couple of things. I thought uh, Harrison reinforced what I saw when I just saw that all the goals Leeds scored this season video. And uh, he seems like the runner who's assigned to get on the end of things. And I think why that works is because uh, Costa, who's on the other side, he's a more of a creative assister kind of a midfielder. And uh, Harrison is the runner who's assigned to get on the end of things. Apart from that, I think uh, in a period of two, three, four game weeks, uh, we'll uh, end up seeing who the first choice striker is for Leeds because Bielsa's isn't uh, known to rotate. And I feel like whoever the striker is at 6 million, I feel like it'll be Rodrigo because they spent a lot of money on him. Uh, he's going to end up getting a lot of uh, good chances and I'm interested at 6 million mm. in the Leeds striker. Mm. TFF, what, is your, what are your thoughts on the Leeds strikers especially? Yeah, I, I agree with the late riser when he says that uh, the time to look at Leeds strikers is probably three or four weeks from now because right now we're not really sure whether Bamford's going to start or whether Rodrigo's going to come in. Um the problem with Bamford is even if he starts, he's going to get taken off around the hour mark. Exactly. Um, but yeah, even historically, even last year, they, they got like 40, 44 chances for their uh, strikers and Bamford missed like a huge, significant majority of them. So that tells me that they're a side which, which will provide good service to their striker. 
uh, and once one of them does sort of nail down a regular position that that tells me that he's going to be a good option to have for now um over the next you know three or four game weeks i th- i still think that the best pick out of the leads um uh, leads of uh, leads uh, team is is their fullback uh, probably ailing over dallas um but even dallas he he got the assist last time so i'm 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 pretty convinced that both of them are good picks yeah, i think vvd should have got the assist for that one <laughs> i'm 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 very glad that the next game is against uh, fulham because uh, the game uh, against liverpool isn't indicative of how that leeds team is going to be and uh, you know they're well known for dominating possession and i expect fulham to park the bus so i want to see how they play because they have a high intensity intensity possession based pressing style so i think uh, if people are waiting to jump on to leeds assets i feel like the next game uh, gives you a good picture in terms of what to expect yeah because then they play after that sheffield and then man city i can't wait for that man city game yeah yeah that's going to be great i mean w- one thing we we have to sort of uh, keep in mind when while we were talking about leeds you know leeds attack is the fact that they were very clinical they didn't sort of create yes. too many big chances but they were extremely clinical when it came to taking them so i mean that's why i'm i'm saying that i'm willing to wait and see because i'm not exactly sure uh what to expect from them just based on one one game week i mean exactly. i know they scored i know they scored three goals versus liverpool but I still don't know whether you know they can do this on a consistent basis against yeah. the Premier League side. So that's that's what I'm sort of looking forward to seeing in the coming weeks. Yeah, it's good that you bring that up because actually I want to tell all our listeners that you know so far we just had one game week of data. Uh, we don't know if that's the norm or that's the anomaly. Like, don't uh, draw conclusive conclusions just based on one week data. Be a little patient. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Moving on to Fulham versus Arsenal. Arsenal looked quality. I think they're finally now flowing under Arteta. And I'm really happy for Arsenal fans. I have a lot of friends who are Gunners. And every time before they played any big team, it used to be that how many are we going to lose by? Are we going to lose by three? Are we going to lose by six? It must be so refreshing to now going into any fixture in the league believing that you can win. So I'm glad for Arsenal fans out there. I think Oba captaincy is an easy decision after watching this game and the West Ham game. He could have had like a lot more even against Fulham. Now regarding the going back to the point you made earlier about Fulham being toothless I thought in the first half they put in some decent crosses but Kamara didn't really attack that area a lot to me what that indicated is a team that specifically built to play to Mitrovic's strength so that is why I still feel he has potential in the next two fixtures that's Leeds and Aston Villa I think the, those two games is where we can really assess what he can do you thought you thought that I saw that and I thought that they posed some sort of threat for the first 5 10 minutes I thought Arsenal had complete control of the game after that after that slide jitter at the start yep yeah yep. Uh, just uh, on that uh, uh, game you know i again i'm really happy for arsenal fans as well uh, uh, a lot of my friends think i'm a closet arsenal fan because i've always liked robin van persie giroud etc etc yeah i think arteta is a good manager uh, they have good defensive stats but i'm uh, uh, you know uh, waiting before drawing any conclusions because i wonder if it was arsenal's strength or uh, Fulham's toothlessness because I don't think like Fulham challenged them at all. Uh, so yeah, they look good defensively. Yeah, they look good in uh, attack. Uh, I've, uh, I I think I saw the stats that they had the highest non-pen xG amongst all teams this game week. So they're creating a fair bit. Uh, we'll be talking about captaincy later. I think it's a debate between the Arsenal guys and the United guys and Salah based on how he looked. Your thoughts, big man? Yeah, Fulham. I mean, without Mitrovic, they basically look toothless, like you pointed out. Um, I'd be more interested to, you know, hold on to Mitrovic for the Villa game because I, I expect Fulham to be 
more attacking at home than they were against Arsenal. I, I expect like good things from them against Villa. Uh, I, I don't think they'll do much against uh, Leeds again. Uh, I mean, even last season, they were 17th uh, for, um, for goals away. So that tells me that they're far more attacking at home than, than they are away. And Leeds are, you know, they're a solid defensive side. So, I, I'm not exactly sure whether Mitrovic will do much again this week. I, I'm, like, more confident about owning a Leeds defender than Mitrovic personally. But, but yeah, I'll probably hold on to him for the Willa game because I think that that's a game that might be tailor-made for him. What are your thoughts on Gabriel's debut? Do you think it looked good? Yep. yep. I, I think he looked really good. And, um, and like, I, I was going to come to this later, but, like, Arsenal's defence is i mean it surprised me um i i, I did say last um, in the in the fixtures post restart their defense wasn't that that great particularly in terms of conceding shots but against fulham they were they were extremely tight and yeah. um, i mean other than that kamara chance early on that they conceded uh, which was which basically came from error it, they were like absolutely perfect yeah just uh, before we move on to the next game i want to give a huge uh, shout out to granit zaka i thought uh, He's become a key key component uh, in in market Arteta's team. Uh, he's playing really well creatively and doing a lot of work in defense. So I think Arteta's done well there. Uh, let's talk about our next game: uh, Palace versus Saints. What are your thoughts, Big Man? We'll start with you on this one. Um, yeah, so I mean, th- this was a game where where I had actually hyped up uh, Che Adams and Nani Ings, and it didn't exactly go according to plan. I, I was a I was an Adams owner myself, uh, but. I think Saints were unlucky not to score uh, more. I mean, uh, Gaita had had a had a great game. He he denied Che um, Adams from almost point point blank range from a great volley, and I, I think nine times out of ten that goes in. Um, and then even Ings had a great chance at the end. But another thing that that's worth pointing out is that I noticed how attacking uh, Kyle Walker, Walker Peter Peters was uh, in the game. He had like 28, 29 touches in the final third. Uh, which which was great uh, from from um, you know a Saints fullback. Um, other than that, I mean their defense was was kind of shaky. Zaha could have had more. Uh, I was I, I expected this from Palace, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I, I I'm still still holding on to Adams, hoping that he'll get me something this week. Uh, I'm not sort of too put off by by Saints despite the result. Yeah, I, I feel like it was just uh, an early first game Jitter, and I thought uh, Palace played tactically well. In fact, I, I'm beginning to think about whether uh, Southampton, uh, because uh, Southampton are more used to pressing high rather than like... I think we've had some technical difficulties with these guys over there. We should have them back within a second. Can you hear me, guys? about their assets. I thought it was just one game. Since they've shown enough quality post the restart, I wouldn't be too worried. I wouldn't be too impatient exactly. with their assets. Yeah. We had some technical issues for the last 10 seconds, guys. You guys cut out. So, Pranil, could you just repeat what you said? Uh, I was just talking about uh, Palace versus Saints and I thought that uh, Palace uh, played the game really well tactically. I thought... Uh, Saints might have a problem and I think they're more suited to playing against teams that take the initiative rather than they, they themselves taking the initiative because they like to press high, etc. Palace didn't. Uh, Palace played to the strains' weaknesses and they said, you know what, we're going to give you the ball. Go on and show us what you can do. And uh, they didn't have enough creativity within their ranks to take advantage. And Palace being Palace, sat back, were compact, were organized and uh, it worked in Roy's favor. 
but I wouldn't uh, worry too much about this result. I feel like uh, Saints will come back. They've shown us enough proof post the restart. Uh, so I wouldn't be coming to many conclusions after this game. Mm. Do you guys think they play this high line against Spurs as well? I, I think Jose can exploit it and I don't think they'll be as naive again. Because they don't have the centre-backs really, I think, to do it. I think I think they played Westergaard who really can't cope with that sort of line. And I think to a certain extent, if you remember, Stephens took a knock. He didn't seem the same to me after that in terms of pace. I think he was playing within himself a little bit. I think that maybe had something to do with it as well. And also, uh, I was talking to Lucy, uh, who's a Saints fan on Twitter, and she said that they were uh, instructed, the, pa- the Saints fullbacks were instructed to move further up the pitch. I don't think they'll be doing the same uh, against uh, uh, Spurs, especially with Doherty bombing. Yeah, yeah that's a good point, actually. On the, you know, definitely yeah. one guy has to contain Doherty. Exactly. Let's move on to the next West Ham versus Newcastle. Yep. So, should you I start, start us off, Zoff? Yep, yep. I was impressed by Newcastle. I don't know whether it was West Ham Big Bad, but I was quite impressed by Newcastle. I think they've done some excellent transfer business. Hendrick, Wilson, Frazier, Lewis. I think apart from Tess, uh, Chelsea, they probably had the best window. But I'm interested to see now how offensive. Like, is this just Steve Bruce because he was playing against West Ham or is he going to go this offensive when he plays United, Spurs? That's really something I want to watch out for. So, I, I was also impressed by Suchek. I wasn't really a fan of him prior. I was wondering why everyone's picking a defensive midfielder, but he had a lot of chances. That being said, when Haller came on, the formation changed a little bit. Haller and Antonio played up and Suchek played a bit deeper. So, I'm interested to see how that shapes out. And another thing on Newcastle also, so they started out in the shape of a 4-3-3 with ASM and uh, Wilson playing either side of Carroll. As the game evolved, Hendrik came inside and it switched more off a 4-4-2. So, Almiron, I think, is also a threat to ASM. I'm a little bit worried about ASM's game time going forward. I know he's very key to ball progression, but when you put in Frazier in there, Almiron, they have some options. Yeah, good point. Good point. I'm worried about him too. I think the case with ASM is he looks, uh, because he's flashy and he runs around and is able to dribble past players, uh, he looks... uh, better than... He, he's a good player, but he's not as good an FPL player because I feel like uh, the end product is not with him. Uh, this is, again, just one game week data. Let's not draw conclusions, but uh, I'm really, really impressed uh, by Wilson. I felt like Bruce instructed them to create a lot of chances for Wilson. Wilson was at the end of almost every attack and at 6.5, uh, I'm interested, especially if Newcastle uh, keep doing decent work in attack. What are your thoughts, Vic, man? Yeah, I mean this. This is a team which, uh, which I think is built to to Wilson's strengths, and I'm uh, I was kind of pissed off at myself for for removing him from my draft uh, at the end. I, I had him that Saturday morning, and I got rid of him for Mitrovic for Ironically, some reason. Ironically, because you I, think that, he didn't start. <laughs> yeah, I, I, because, <laughs> yeah. I, I um, the thing is, I, I actually made, did some research on it, and there were like rumors flying around that Wilson was only trained for like a couple of days, and. Uh, there's a chance he might not start. So just to be safe, I went with Mitrovic because Mitrovic started 40 games last season. Only once he got uh, like sub, that was due to injury. So I was like, he's as nailed as they come. At least he'll start. Why, why didn't he start? Next, was it the case of fitness? The next thing, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. So the next thing I uh, find out is um, that that Mitrovic isn't starting, and then and I'm like, welcome back, FPL. I've missed you. <laughs> so damned if you do, uh, damned if you don't. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, but yeah, this is this is a team which is tailor-made for Wilson. Uh, everything is going through him, as Late Rises said. Um, 
West Ham were really impressive post restart. I mean, in terms of both their defensive and, uh, and uh, offensive numbers, but but against Newcastle, their their numbers were like borderline shocking. So I mean, that makes me. I, I don't want to sort of generalize that that early because it's it's just one game and the sample size is small. But uh, that makes me wonder whether it was just the fact that they they had extra motivation at the end, which which came into play, and they'll sort of revert to the norm again. Um, I also wonder if something is uh, wrong in the dressing room. There, we saw Noble uh, speak up uh, on Twitter against Tiangana moving to West Brom, etc. I don't think that spells good for the atmosphere in the dressing room, etc. As well, I actually wanted to ask you guys because I didn't end up seeing this game. I just saw the highlights. How, how was the West Ham defense? Was it actually incredibly poor, or was it Newcastle playing well? It was actually a pretty open game. I think both team had like ten shots in the box. I'll show you guys the stats later. So, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's it's important not to draw early conclusions, but but yes, I I I wasn't impressed by what I saw from West Ham. They were they were appalling. All right, all right. Yeah. Okay. Next move back to the next game, uh, the statistical anomaly. Let's talk about West Brom versus Leicester. Why don't you kick us off, big man? Yeah. So this was a game I I I, I watched uh, ninety minutes off, and um, I mean. I was uh, I was really impressed by by how attacking Castagna was from Leicester. He, he got the goal at the end, but but I, I like the look of him early, early on. Justin, uh, even though he got the assist, he wasn't really pushing forward. I mean, he uh, he had one penalty area touch all game, and that turned out to be an assist. So that tells me it was it was just a fluke. And he looked really uncomfortable playing on the left, and he he was exploited uh, time and time again by by the wing back uh, for long. Um, Wardy was invisible all game. What what happens is that he gets two chances from penalties. He puts them away. I, I Leicester didn't create much for him. I mean, all the attacks were coming from Harvey Barnes. Harvey Barnes was really impressive um, in terms of his over, overall play, but his finishing was really poor. I mean, any better finisher would have scored two goals at least. Um, so yeah, West Brom didn't sort of look look great going forward. I still worry about their attack because they don't have any sort of uh, you know recognized strikers who's gonna who are gonna score goals for them. Uh, Pereira looked like isolated, and I, I don't really like West Brom from from what I saw of them. Hmm. What, what are your thoughts of? I think they gave up a lot of high quality big chances, and if not for the keeper, I think they would have conceded a lot more. I really, know I'm, I'm going to target their defense like next the next few fixtures. I don't think I think they're probably as ill equipped as Fulham. I like that you say that. I have DCL primed and waiting mm-hmm. in my team for them next week. Uh, yep. Anything else to add? I, I don't have anything to add. I've always liked uh, uh, Harvey Barnes as a player, and uh, we saw in that game. Why I that's like... a problem. He always gets the chances, and just a composure that seems to be lacking. Also, also age, right? He's a young guy. Uh, he's going to develop. He's going to improve. He's already adding so much to Leicester's game. So yeah, he's the pick I like, if at if any, from uh, West Brom. I think Madison uh, should be back next week as well. I saw him come on as a sub. Yeah, I wonder what 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 uh, Rogers will do because I thought. Great had a good game, and he's generally always looked pretty decent when I've seen him play for Leicester. So I wonder what uh, Rogers does with his team. But I feel like Prate is most likely to lose his spot yep. to make yep. way for Madison. Yep. Uh, we'll be skip Spurs and Everton because we're going to talk about uh, this their assets in detail a little later. Uh, let's move on to Wolves versus Sheffield. And why don't you kick us off, sir? Um, I'd, it was a great game to watch. Actually, I thought didn't think Sheffield would be so open. I actually thought Sheffield would actually give Wolves a tough game. It was nice to see his size score. I didn't end up picking him finally in my draft, but sort of some, some redemption there in terms of how good they looked. But in general, I thought they started really well. Jimenez had a lot of chances. 
Marcel doesn't look like he's going to offer much on the left side and Traore is now wing back so that's a bit of a bummer that you can't really pick their wing backs anymore but Saiz looks a good pick I was surprised to see Jota benched seeing Podence yes, so was there. I so it looks like Wolves are evolving they're a different team a little bit to that sense and maybe I think they'll be more attacking this year than they were over the restart yeah also I feel like uh, 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 this might uh, make a difference in their defense also because uh, you mentioned to me while we were having a chat that they also looked a little more open at the back than they generally do so it's worth monitoring that they actually I, had I, a lot of chances Sheffield I think their size cleared one over the line there are two three chances and I think it will make a difference right because you have Traore now playing right wing back versus yeah, like yeah. Doherty who's a natural defender so I think they will definitely be more open Exactly, exactly. It's worth monitoring them because people who might be looking to wildcard early or people are looking to jump on Wolves assets in game week three and there's uh, so much to see there. I just had, had to add a couple of things uh, on top of what you said. Odin's, I feel, is a really, really good player. I think he's nifty. But uh, I'm worried, still worried about what formation uh, Nuno is going to be using on a regular basis. Uh, I was very surprised to see Jota benched, like you. And I feel like uh, against uh, City... Nuno might revert to uh, three in the midfield and two up top, uh, which might see Jimenez uh, partnered by Jota again. So, I, I'm, I, it's a great game because it gives us a different kind of game to assess uh, Wolves and what Nuno does with that team. Outside of that, uh, I was uh, happy and sad. Uh, I, I tweeted about uh, Raul Jimenez because I had him for around 30 game weeks last season. And I, I was like, I was like, it was like I was watching my ex... Uh, was in a really good relationship at the moment because he just looks so electric, so good. And uh, I wonder sometimes, you know, we overcomplicate things looking for a slight gain, the slight advantage in FPL when uh, there are obvious picks like uh, Jimenez staring your face. So I'm looking to get him on pretty soon, but then I'm, I I have three good strikers. I don't know who to sell. But yeah, Jimenez, solid, solid pick. He looks good, has a great run of fixtures and he looks really sharp. Yep. TFF, anything to add? Yes, I mean, Wolves are... Um... Wolves are a team I, I love watching. Um, I'm definitely interested in their assets for Game Week 3. I mean, Potence is, is one uh, later as already talked about. Uh, there's uh, Jimenez. But the fixtures, man, I mean, uh, West Ham, Fulham, Leeds, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, that's a dreamy run post-Game Week 3. So I'm definitely jumping on them. Um, their defense uh, was was decent again. Uh, Sheffield United have... have they, they kind of worry me because, I I, I mean, even, even post-restart, they were top four uh, big chances conceded. Um, and and they were only sort of kept afloat last season by by the fact that they had an outstanding goalkeeper. I mean, Dean Henderson had uh, the, the second uh, best XG pre- prevented. I, I don't think Ramsdale is, is of the same quality. I, I, I do think this, that they will regress this year um, because of their defensive um, sort of frailties. Uh, they're, they're not, they don't have the best attack. So, I mean, they might struggle this year. And that, that is what concerns me when, when I watch them. I also think what happened uh, when Wilder came into the division, uh, the entire system that he had was uh, new. People yep. didn't know how to tackle such a division. Now everybody's seen them, played them twice, and they know what to expect from Sheffield. So managers might have a better plan against them. That's, that's another thought that I have in definitely. my head. That's definitely yeah. a valid point. We'll, we'll move to your boys now. Uh, yep. Brighton versus Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have a deeper look at Chelsea later. So what are your thoughts on Brighton? I thought Brighton looked good. Lamptey was very attacking. Again, he's somebody I didn't want Chelsea to sell, but we have James and Aspie in that position. So, it was likely that he was probably going to leave. But I think the system really suits him. As playing as a right wing back, he gets a lot more forward than March does on the other side. So, I still don't fancy anyone in terms of their attack. 
But in terms of defense, they look very organized. I think they will get some clean sheets. The first few fixtures are probably one to avoid. But from game week five onwards, I think Lamptey especially is a great pick. All right. All right. Your thoughts, big man? Yeah, I absolutely agree with, with Zofar. I mean, game week five onwards, I'll look at them. Before that, I, I have zero interest in Brighton. Okay. If, if people are looking for a rotation, actually, uh, you know, if Lamptey manages to keep space, there was a thought, uh, there was a little worry in terms of, you know, Brighton having a lot of defenders and they bought the Netherlands uh, uh, guy who's playing in the same position as Lamptey. But he just, he looked like Brighton's best player and he looks an absolute class act. I was uh, digging into some stats and in the last season, in the second half of last season, Lamptey was in the top five defenders for... Uh, Chances created per 90 and he was keeping the likes of yeah. Trent, James and Robertson company. So, I, I like the player. He's a class act and I, li- I, I like what I saw of Brighton. I thought White is a good addition to the defence. I also thought that Brighton played a fair bit. They were confident. I think they kept around 55 to 60% possession. If I'm not wrong, uh, one of the teams I have down to improve this season. And I don't think uh, we can look at a game against them as a runaway fixture anymore. Yeah, another thing that, I, that I'd, I'd like to point out here is that Basuma looked decent as well. I mean, yeah. for 4.5, he was in and around the edge of the box. So, I mean, um, in weeks where, where one of the, the main starters of our teams doesn't play, he can be a decent sub. I think he's, he's, he's decent for 4.5. He might get the odd goal. Yep, he, right. he, yeah, he got into the box yesterday quite a few times. Yeah, I have yeah. him as my 4.5 and I'm happy with that at the moment. I'm interested in the point you made at the end saying that they're not really a team we can target because last year, I think they were one of the best teams to target. As, do you remember what J.O. wrote in his yeah, article? Exactly. So, exactly. That's an interesting observation there. Yeah, it, it's worth monitoring for uh, the next two, three games because we can argue that Ch- Chelsea weren't full strength and I thought Lampard made some terrible decisions. More on that later. Uh, but uh, if they have a couple of uh, tough games next, we can judge. Because what J.O. also wrote, our friend... Uh, in his captaincy article, he got the second highest captaincy points amongst all FPL players last season. As he liked uh, captaining people against Brighton because Brighton tended to play; they didn't tend to park the bus, which is what uh, worked for the premium attackers. So it's something worth monitoring, whether they're a targetable defense or not. Definitely. All right, we'll uh, now move on to our uh, first uh, hot topic of the day uh, in terms of what to do with Spurs assets. Why don't you kick us off again? Um, let's start with the defense. The defense did not look inspiring, but at the same time, it's not really an area you'd want to spend transfers on. I would still hold them for the next four weeks. They have good fixtures. You'd give them a run of games to deliver. I think Doherty is still a good pick, as we discussed. He was still venturing forward. He was very unlucky not to score. That being said, the entire left side was left of Everton. All their attacks were focused on the space behind Doherty. So it's definitely something that teams are noticing. And I don't know how much freedom he's going to be given going forward. Something to monitor. I think midfield attack, I think this is, Ali is somebody I want to talk about in detail. After you guys put forth your views, we can have a discussion with Ali whether to keep I, or sell. I don't have anything to add in terms of the defence. Again, I agree, you don't need to jump the gun. Uh, Jose teams will show good pedigree in defence. We can, I think, move into the midfield and talk about the game here. Hmm. So, you're an Ali owner. Tell me what are your thoughts on Ali before I give mine. LR, you let me know. What do you think about Ma'am. My my thoughts, I, I won't. So my thoughts on the game was I was uh, kind of baffled by uh, Jose's uh, substitution because uh, I thought after uh, Ali uh, was subbed off in the second half, Spurs created nothing. Uh, 
it was a right of game and everton were really comfortable this wasn't the case uh, in the first half uh, yeah uh, everton dominated looked in control had a bunker quotation but i think jose set them up for this uh, every, uh, i think spurs had the better chances in the first half uh, if you remember ali was close when uh, son yeah. played him through doherty had a really good chance and i thought ali was uh, finding good spaces and inter- and he's 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 been playing with kane and son for a while so he's got a nice understanding yeah. and tuning with them so uh, i feel like maybe uh, he didn't press as much as uh, jose uh, wanted him to uh, something of that sort because it baffled me and i thought uh, uh, jose could have nicked the game if he held his nerve and kept ali in there mm. i mean everton played well but everton didn't create as many good chances yep. in the first half that, they they two big chances yeah the second half everton dominated once sissoko came on i don't understand why and i'm willing i'm waiting to see what happens in the uh, midweek game yeah, or think, whether ali is just a sk- in the midweek game i think earlier on you'd probably say if he won that game he might have rotated midweek but i think now we're going to see a first choice lineup midweek yep 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 i agree and also uh, i kind of like the fixture uh, for uh, spurs next game week so i wouldn't be very keen to jump uh, you know also another important fact is uh, spurs depended depended a lot on lo celso for the creativity i think he's a really really important player uh, in that team i feel like he's uh, eriksen's uh, unnamed replacement and uh, uh, if he's in the team spurs will look a lot better generally so uh, wait for lo celso news wait to see what happens uh, midweek and then take a call Yep. on your spurs assets yep, yep. Uh, and the game might uh, you know suit them because like you mentioned like he spoke about earlier saints will uh, have a high line and uh, i think jose will like that because he likes playing on the counter yep jose teams like that what about yeah, uh, yeah i was i was on account of that i mean um the defense is um the defense is, is where i personally invested i i have dire in my team i didn't go for the spurs attackers i i wrote in my thread last week that uh, i personally think that the spurs attack is a bit overrated in the fpl community uh i i say that because i i find it very hard personally to predict uh, when spurs are going to fire and when they they aren't aren't um and 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 i mean again the the southampton game looks like a decent game on paper but i mean i have a feeling that this is one of the games where southampton might win and spurs might struggle again so i i'm not exactly sure if i owned an attacker particularly ali I, i'd probably look to sell um Kane would you can, would you jump for anyone uh, in the same price bracket? In the same, or I'd, I'd consider Hamas uh, for for cheaper. He's the one fair, I'd fair. look at personally. But in terms of defense, I'd just hold the defense. I I, I won't touch them. Um, even though I expect uh, Spurs to concede this week, I just think the defense is worth you know clinging on to because I I like spending my um, transfers in attack because they have higher upside, as you say, yeah. uh, late riser. Uh, and yeah, Ali is the one I'd, I'd look to sell. If I had Son, I'd probably hold because he's going to play on the on the left, and Doherty is going to be attacking. I don't think Mourinho is going to instruct him to hold back because that's how he likes playing. Even with Aurier last season, he was ridiculously attacking. He plays like a wing back. I don't think uh, Doherty is going to be instructed to you know play in a back four. He's he's going to basically be part of the midfield. So I mean, um, yeah, against Walker Peters, I I think Son Son can have some joy as well. Because Walker Peters is attacking as well, so so yeah, I'd probably hold on to Spurs yeah. assets. I, I if I had Kane, I might I might have looked to sell him for Martial, but yeah, that's what I think. Mm. Yeah, uh, good you mentioned Son because I noticed uh, he wasn't making so many infield runs uh, in the game week thirty to thirty eight period 
last season he was much closer to the goal he was much more aggressive in the terms of runs he was making which i quite liked uh, in the spurs game in the first half yep yep he was the main creative outlet the crosses he was putting in but in general so what really turns out raising my alarm bells about uh, spurs in general are jose's post match comments he said that press was lazy he made it say that these many players had covid i mean it was all the excuses had come out so in general i think the mood around the spurs camp is is very disturbing i think there's something not right there i watched the yep. latest episode of the documentary and the way he's pushing them i don't think he's able to get the reaction he wants so in general i think there's a mood of pessimism there which kind generally of, also kind none of the fans have uh, taken to him really that much i was spending some time on the sports pods just mm. doing some research and uh, i'd say about 75 80% of them have no belief in him there's already a thread in terms of who's going to be our next manager yeah yeah <laughs> I mean he's getting a, I think because there's no crowd he's getting away with a lot I think if there was a crowd in the stadium by the end of it they would be booing so he is getting away with a lot that I think I will be selling Ali and probably for Hamas uh, but we yeah, are midweek is something I'm going to monitor if he scores a brace midweek then I might hold but as of now I'm more inclined to get rid of him All right now next uh, hot topic This is topic. all you all you Ella, the most sala uh, question What's your opinion on that let's start off with you though should we <laughs> no no because i know for you he's a season keeper and i, yeah. I don't think anything's changed there absolutely because he's he's somebody i would actually like to perma because my best seasons have always been where i found a perma captain captain van persie every week captain suarez every week captain lampard so i'm hoping this can be the sort of season where mo becomes that player you can captain every because that reduces the variance i think in the game a lot agreed agreed i actually have a lot of thoughts uh, on this little dilemma and uh, you know generally become sort of the poster boy for upside chasing and talk about it a lot uh, and this is why i always keep talking about adapting now this performance that we saw from mo sala uh, against leeds uh, was very similar to the performance that we've seen from mo sala two or three years ago i don't think he's looked this sharp this sharp this fit this dangerous in a long long time and i think the main reason for that is because around uh, november or december last season he was struggling with an injury and uh, i felt like uh, klopp played him through that injury uh, and uh, he had a good break uh, you know when the pandemic happened and all of that and uh, he again did look very sh- fresh in project restart but that performance uh, against leeds caught my eye cuz every time he had the ball i was scared not owning him so personally i uh, you know people who are uh, thinking about playing the fixtures and selling mo sala this is the adapting that i talk about you can't uh, predetermine these moves you can't have preconceived notions when it comes to uh, you know making such moves because he's looking so sharp uh, and he's playing kepa who's possibly the worst keeper in the division and if lamps doesn't play uh, aspi against him and if he plays alonso against him mo has got another haul in him and uh, uh, if you're talking about you know regression and regression to the mean i feel like chelsea uh, liverpool are due five or six or seven penalties this season uh, so i don't know if i'm going to stick around too much without mo i've already made my transfer this week i haven't got mo i'm just going to uh, take it a week at a time but i'm very glad i have a wild card in my back pocket because the way uh, mo is looking right now uh, i don't think he's going to be awardable for too long yep Yeah, I think big man, you're with me in the Mo Salah as a season keeper camp. Yeah, I I, I think I, I I agree with you now. Historically, I, I've I've loved Salah. Um, 
this season i i started with the pre planned uh, sort of transfer in my head that i'd i'd probably sell him for bruno on game week 2 uh that that plan has probably gone out of the window now i'm not considering it anymore because sala looked so sharp i mean his his stats were incredible 21 penalty area touches eight shots inside the box i mean he looked sharp he looked fit i i don't think i'd i'm going to sell him um or even consider selling him now um i i i fancy him against arsenal next week as well um because at home as we know he's he's a beast he's he's probably going to score there as well this yeah. this week i i still think despite his form i think he he might struggle against chelsea i'm i'm not exactly sure how he's going to do this week because chelsea post restart were were actually second best for big chances created a uh, big chance conceded sorry at home so their defense has been pretty tight at home so i i'm not sure how how much joy sal is going to get this week um but but away um but but next week home to arsenal i'm, I'm sure he's he's going to do well if he's going to shoot on site kepa's the keeper that's what just about to say. you don't need a big <laughs> yeah. chance to beat kepa the way he's playing i mean yesterday no, that's that's so true much. that's true That's also, That's another true. thing I'd actually just like to add, in case uh, in terms of more is uh, one thing I've noticed that has changed in the last three or four months is uh, his uh, assist output. I feel like he's mm. naturally more aware of his game uh, and uh, creating a lot more chances than he did. Yes. I don't think he's as selfish, and I think this has to do a lot with psychology also, because you know when you're not going uh, doing so well and when you're not in rhythm, you're kind of trying too hard and you want to get the output in terms of goals. scoring that you expect from yourself uh, right now he's in full flow he looks in form he looks in rhythm and that's where i think his natural game is coming to play which might lead to increase assist output as well yeah. i think i'm talking myself into wild carding game week 3 and just getting more sala no you you're actually you're actually right i mean uh, it's in, it's also worth noting that most of the chances he's creating are big chances so so that's great that's that sort of sort of add makes him a sort of a three dimensional asset when when he has like legit assist potential Yep, and I think we owe that all to Mane. That whole fight in the Burnley fixture last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lot of, lot of. Uh, I mean, let's address this because we've had a lot of uh, Mane to more questions. Yep. What are, what are your thoughts there? It's a bit risky giving on one week of data because I do ex- them expect to, to like score similarly. It's very risky to move right away. I don't know. I would probably give it another week instead. I would probably not move from Mane to Salah at this point. I'd move from Mane to like let's say uh, Fernandez or a KDB. ओवरफ्यूचर Yeah, Mane is historically better away from home too. So I I don't think that that's that's a move to make this week. I agree. Fair point. Good point. Good point. I agree. So that's enough of Salah. Now let's move on to the early whipping boys. Now before we now get into this, I just want to put a caveat over there. I have some sympathy for the promoted teams this season. There's no crowd. This the crowd plays a huge part in early momentum for promoted teams. I think Fulham and West Brom both would have been a lot better if they had the crowd pushing them. <laughs> and secondly they're not really able to reinforce as probably they would have liked because of the covid financial problems they can't really buy heavily but it is what it is and i do think fulham and west brom out two of the most from worst teams we have seen recently both poor in attack and defense the obvious whipping boys the other one i would probably add is west ham i put an there's something from the athletic where they did a survey of all the fans with their regards to the optimism level for the season west ham fans were at 8% 
I mean, the next highest yeah. was at like 40-50%. So that just shows you the mood around West Ham. And yeah. that's how they played. So what about and Newcastle you got 15, 15 shots, if I recollect. I they mean, made that's them look like Barcelona. <laughs> they made Steve Bruce <laughs> and Newcastle look like Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Uh, I, I've got nothing to add here. I think I agree with everything. And I uh, give kudos because I think you made a very important point. And you made this exact point in terms of having a crowd. Uh, last spot. So well done on that. Uh, uh, also, I'm, the only thing I'm monitoring in terms of uh, whipping boys is uh, we spoke about Brighton already, uh, and I want to talk about Sheffield United because they're conceding a lot of chances. Mm. Uh, and I wonder if uh, you know they're regressing based on compared to last season. And it's something I'm monitoring closely because then we need to realign our thinking in terms of are Sheffield as compact, uh, tough to play against team uh, this season as well. So. Just keep an eye on that. I feel like Newcastle is still a defence worth targeting because they don't really look that good in defence. Uh, and then there is Palace, and this is this is a, this is an important team worth uh, worth discussing because I think it brings into uh, brings the captaincy dis- discussion for this week into play as well. So I think we'll address uh, Palace when we're talking about the merits of Oba versus Marshall versus Bruno versus Salah. Yeah. Yep. DFF anything to add here? Yeah, I, I just think it's it's a bit too early to talk about whipping boys, but I mean, from what I see from this week's data, it, it looks like Fulham, West Brom and West Ham are the ones to target. Yep, yep. So now let's well, let's just quickly touch upon a topic that's pretty popular in the community now, the Game Week 3 wildcard. I know that you just messaged, uh, mentioned that earlier, LR. What are your thoughts about it? Uh, for those that, uh, you know, uh, are... Uh, okay with dealing with the game week 18 and 19 double and blank uh, through free transfers. I feel like game week 3 presents a really uh, good opportunity uh, for a wildcard game week 3 or 4 if we see enough trends. Now, I'm already starting to see a few trends. I mean, what have we noticed so far? Uh, We've noticed that Wolves still look the ideal uh, 5 million defense to have. Uh, uh, Jimenez looks like an ideal glue guy at 8.4 in the 8.5 in the striker bracket everton look like a completely different team uh, which is reaffirmed with their game week one performance and they have a great run of fixtures from game week two three onwards uh we might get to see we'll get to see united and city play this week and we'll know who the good guys are worth jumping on on these teams and i feel like there's a fair amount of rejigging that you can do you can judge who the if pulisic hopefully fit this game week we can judge who the right chelsea midfielder might be to have or maybe uh, uh, we were too bullish on Chelsea having these new signings and I feel like the right time to jump on them is when they have uh, all their midfielders fit. So, so there's if you spot enough trends, uh, which I think there are, I mean, uh, Lamptey is jumping out as the best 4.5 defender. Uh, McCarthy seemingly looks like a mistake game week one in terms of the keeper bracket. Uh, if you see enough data by game week two or by the end of game week three, there's a case to wildcard in game week three or four. Uh, because uh, people talk about you know dealing with blanks and doubles, but if you feel if you made correct decisions, if you get the decision in decisions in game week four right, you are able to uh, gain an advantage for 10, 12 game weeks, which is a huge bracket. So there is a case to be made. How many changes do you generally look to do if you have to like you know decide between a pre wildcard, post wildcard? How many changes would you look at your team? Okay, I'm going to add five players, seven players. What's the sort of benchmark for that? Yeah, I think five to seven is a fair number. What TFF? Are you on the same board? Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. I think five to seven, exactly. I think so, and I think the main appeal of the game week three wildcard is primarily with two teams, Everton and Wolves. That's when the fixture run really goes well, and you can look at adding players like Patricio 
Jimenez, Dean, James Rodriguez, DCL, they're all cheap options. I think getting on them early is really like, you know, could be beneficial. But this obvious caveat of the transfer window, I would think that's probably the biggest worry if you go early. Certain players could be sold, players could lose positions. But I don't think there's much activity going to happen now. I mean, Chelsea's and City's fixtures are really, really sort of uh, favourable after Game Week 3 as well. I mean, you look at Chelsea's fixtures, West Brom, Crystal Palace, Southampton, might be worth jumping on a defender from there, from, from Chelsea. If we sign another keeper. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's a nice point to make. Yeah, again, yeah, again, see, that's a trend that we spotted. If, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm glad that the Liverpool game is next because we uh, need to know what Lampard's thinking is with regards to Reese James because he looked so good. So, again, he's a great family asset that could be a long permanent hold in your defence, you know. So, if you spot enough of these trends. And also, one thing you need to judge is... Uh, your own team. If your team is in bad state and you're three or four important players away from your ideal, ideal team, make the move. So it's very subjective to your current team as well. Yep, yep. I think that's let's close up hot topics for now and let's move on now to the teams to watch and let's have a look at first at Everton. Why don't you kick us off here, Ella? What are your thoughts on Everton? Uh, we spoke about this and I'm glad we spoke about this uh, in the preseason pod because we kind of called this, you know, that we expect Everton to be a completely different team. Uh, and it's exactly how it played out. Uh, Alan and Dukure stand in that midfield big time. But it was the James Rodriguez show. Uh, I mean, the genuine quality and creativity he has to that team uh, showed. I mean, I think he, he created five chances, all of them for Charleston. Uh, great switches of play, you know, which led to them creating more and more. I like that. Uh, also, what's really interesting me is their defense because I feel like uh, Allen and Dukure uh, are a very steady pivot and uh, they seem to have control of the game. Uh, and uh, at 5 million, I'm interested in uh, Michael Keane. He's not spoken about a lot, but if they have a good run of fixtures and I see Everton keeping more than a few clean sheets uh, this uh, season. So, he interests me. And if you have more money to spend... Uh, Tina at six million interest me as well because he kept uh, quite a few of the set pieces. Uh, yeah, I was surprised with that. Yeah, and we haven't spoken about Richarlison. Uh, he uh, looked incredible that game. He had so many chances. Uh, uh, always Ahmed switching the play to him, him being open, having a one on one, uh, trying to dribble again past one or two defenders and taking a shot. He looked really sharp. Uh, and uh, I don't mind holding DCL as well because I feel like the team is going to create chances for him Absolutely. and he's going to be at the end of it. Absolutely. So, what are your thoughts on Hamas as an FVL option? Uh, that's that's a very interesting question because uh, I think he had one shot inside the box. Outside of that, he was... Two. two. I think the two stats shots. two shots, yeah. Yeah. So, he outside of that, he was primarily the creator. Uh, uh, switching play. But I also feel like... Uh, this isn't enough data, again, to judge the game. And I'm, again, very happy that we have uh, a game against West Brom next because I think that's a perfect kind of uh, game to judge against somebody parking the bus uh, against Neverton. Uh, but I feel like, uh, you know, whatever he does, he'll still uh, hold enough value uh, for the 7.5 million price bracket. I think he's a good pick. And I think even he's though not he a moderate. Like a, a lot of people say that he might be the moderate kind of pre-assister. But you look at his record at his previous clubs, he scored a decent number of goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just first game week. He, he learned to adapt and play around his teammates as well. I think he's joined the club, what, four or five days before playing the first game and yep. he looked on the money. Yep. So, TFF, somebody asked this question on Twitter. I want you to answer it. Are Hammers returns dependent on DCL and Richarlison's finishing ability? Uh, 
I, I think so to to a large extent because uh, most of the chances he's going to create are for the forwards and under Ancelotti, I've, I've noticed that uh, you know Calvert Lewin usually gets bulk, the bulk of the chances and and in this game, I noticed that um, Richardson was the one who who had the better numbers. So yes, of course, uh, I, I think Hamas is primarily primarily going to be creating for them. Um, but yeah, as uh, to continue the the conversation, I I really like the look at Everton as well. I. I was one of the ones who was sort of um, doubtful if the new signings would gel and whether or not to jump on any uh, Everton early on. But um, but yeah, they, they kind of proved me wrong and uh, and, and they look really good. For, even their defences has looked decent. So, I mean, um, yeah, even Keane for, for 5 million might not be a bad option in West Ham. And uh, the fact that Richarlison sort of outnumbered uh, Calvert Lewin uh, surprised me because I... Because that's not usually the the trend. Uh, last season, Calvert Lewin had like completely blew him out of the water in terms of uh, underlying numbers, but with Hamas creating five chances, all of them for Calvert uh, for Richardson, um, that tells me that you know Richardson might be worth looking at as well. He's often sort of uh, overlooked because he's he's a million expensive than Calvert Lewin. But yeah, Everton look look exciting. I was reading a stat on Twitter as well, which which suggested that the five chances created by Rodriguez was was more than any other uh, Everton player um, in the last like created, two years or something. Yep. In the last twenty in the last twenty games, uh, in each of the last twenty games last season. So that tells me that their their attacking numbers are going to go up. Yep, yep. I just feel like last season's stats are irrelevant, simply put, yep. when it comes to... To a large extent. So, what do you guys think about the Ali to Hamas move? Should I do it? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd hold for a single game week. Judge what's happening, what the conversation around Ali is on uh, uh, Twitter. We follow a good journalist who generally has a good idea in terms of what's happening. Alistair Gold, for you guys mm-hmm. uh, listening. He generally has the inside beat on Spurs. And if it looks like he's going to be starting, then hold. If it looks like he isn't, I think make the switch. Because I do think the ceiling for Hamas is much higher than Ali because he has so many routes to points. He'll be creating five chances, taking two shots. He, he has a 20-pointer in him. Yeah, That's what does, I really de- you know, de- see about Hamas. You know, so far, another thing worth noting is that these kind of players who create loads of chances, they're going to be re- they're going to be doing really well for bonus, bonus as well. Absolutely. So I mean, one one assist and he can like sweep the baps. So like yeah, and his pass completion that's, that's, also like, is quite high. So he's going to be quite good for bonus. I'm inclined to make the move because I do think the West Brom fixture is worth targeting. The upside is high early on. Because I don't think yeah, the seats would be that open. Fair enough. And, and another point is that if at all you're set on Hamas in that price bracket. It's worth making the move because if you're going to make a move in terms of a player having a good run of fixtures, always try getting that player uh, at the beginning of the good fixture run because you're increasing the probability and putting them in your favor in terms of the number of halls you catch. I know I'm jumping topics a little bit here, but I wanted to your guys' opinion now. I have both Havertz and Ali. Now, which one would you rather sell? I know who I'm leaning towards, but who would you rather sell? Ali. Ali, absolutely. Yeah, same. Me too, because I do think Havertz is in a team that's obviously on the up, and we are yet to see the best of him. Spurs, I don't, not, not, not liking the noises around the club in general. Yeah, just to sell Adir, I'm being a little hypocritical here because I sold Havertz over Ali, but that was for a totally different reason, which we we'll talk about. Later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, let's not spill the beans just yet. <laughs> so now the next team to watch, Liverpool. Let's talk about Liverpool's defense first. What did you guys yeah. make of it? Uh, yeah, I, we spoke about this uh, last part where you know they seem to have uh, not uh, kept a clean sheet in a really long time, and that Liverpool defense has a few mistakes in them. That said, uh, 
I wouldn't worry about them too much, especially if you own Trent or Robo. I feel like they are comfortable holes, and people are talking about switching to a Dinia. It seems like a luxury move to me because uh, I I don't think nobody is going to match the attacking output of the Liverpool fullbacks. Robo is pretty much like a seven million winger. The way amount of time he's uh, spending in and around the box, not many wingers are doing the same. Mm-hmm. So. It looks like a hold. Don't worry too much about the defensive stats. Uh, and the fixtures are coming. I think after the next two games, Liverpool have a bunch of fixtures where potential clean clean sheets could happen. So, And it's a luxury transfer. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. TFF? Yeah, I agree. As as a Robo and uh, Trent owner, I like the look of them uh, attacking-wise against Leeds. I, I, I won't read too much into the defensive uh, sort of numbers against Leeds because I know they conceded thrice, but I, I think, as I mentioned earlier, Leeds were very clinical. Four um, shots in the box for Liverpool conceded. I've got the graph up here. And zero big yeah. chances conceded. Zero big chances. Just four shots it's, in the box and Leeds scored from three of them. I mean, it's mm-hmm. also worth mentioning that Robertson was, was sharing uh, corners again with, with Trent and he could have easily had another assist had it not been for, for a great save from uh, Meslier. I mean... Um, so yeah, I, I'm not too concerned about winning to Liverpool. I do expect Chelsea to score again this week, but but after that, I think the clean sheets will will come for Liverpool. Yeah, this Robo outperforming trend uh, is a trend we've seen for a while now. Let's say you're wildcarding game week two, uh, Bakar. I want to ask you this question: Would you go Robo or Trent if you had to go just one? Ooh. I would still probably go with Trent because Trent has the extra goal threat which Robertson doesn't. Fair point. Fair point. Mm-hmm. I agree. I wouldn't still switch yet. I agree. Anything more to add on Liverpool in terms of their attack? I don't think we need to beat Salah's drum anymore. Yeah, I think we spoke about it at length. Let's move to the next team. Let's yeah. Now, Chelsea. What did you guys... Before I give my views, what did you guys think about Chelsea? No, no, it's your team. You start. I mean, it, it was fun. I'm, I'm glad we got the win. But honestly, we didn't really, I think, deserve to win. We were quite fortunate with the pass that Alzate made. The deflection for Zuma's goal. So, I think it's very much a work in progress. We definitely, but I think what we were really missing primarily yesterday was ball progression, which is what Pulisic and Kovacic provide. We didn't have anyone to drive the ball far, forward. Havertz was played, I think, in his wrong position. I would have played Cho on the right with Havertz central, Mount on the left. So I think the best is yet to come in terms of Chelsea. But in defensively, I still didn't like the amount of chances we gave up. So defensively, even though James got a lot of points, it's still a wait and watch for me defensively. But in terms of attack, I think the best is yet to come. What about Timo? I thought Timo was amazing. It's so good to have a striker with genuine pace up front. I don't remember the last time we had it because we've traditionally always had these holder, like physical strikers like your Drogba's, your Costa's and all that such stuff. A, such a keen runner also. I mean, he's going to be get caught offside a lot this season, but the amount of runs he was making is, is brilliant. Just the movement is so intelligent. Yep, it yep. reminds me of, of Torres when he, he was at Liverpool. Yeah, peak Torres. Yeah. Well, what are your thoughts yeah. on Kai? A lot of people are wondering what to do with him and they're a little uh, distraught and unconvinced after his first game. What are your thoughts there? I mean, obviously, like I would have liked him to do well and I think he was played out of his position. But he's only had a week training with the team. So, I would still like to keep him at least for the next two to three fixtures. I wouldn't be rushing to get rid just yet. See how he does in the next Liverpool fixture. And, and, and after that, we play West Brom. So, I think at least till the West Brom fixture is a hold for me. Yeah, fair enough. I agree. I thought Lampard made some poor decisions. Uh, uh, and we read about this on The Athletic where uh, you know they said that they'd blend Kai in by starting to play him on the right and then move him central. I just thought he didn't look good enough and I thought he was sort of isolated uh, in that position. I think he's... What I really liked is the position that uh, uh, RLC and Barkley played. 
which was almost sort of as a second striker or a drifting in sort of a striker and i think this position is going to suit kai havertz a lot personally i'm uh, i think it's going to be a very tough call uh, between pulisic and kai havertz when both of them are on the pitch and uh, that's the reason why i sold kai right now because i really wanted to get bruno fernandes over marcus rashford i had 2 million in the bank to make that move so for now i made that switch uh, if ali doesn't look like he's going to uh, start the next game week i might sell him for a hit too uh, but if you don't have any other problems and if you really don't have a set target in your head uh, i'd say be patient with kai havers because uh, as soon as he's going to be moving centrally as soon as uh, zayach is going to be playing on in his position and pulisic is going to be playing on the left hand side it's going to be looking like a completely different team because uh, that position which is number 10 i think lampard has designated it to be sort of a second striker and what i also like is just because just so that werner likes to drift so much and you know push on to the left hand side so much that might leave uh, kai at the end of so many chances as well and he might be a goal scorer for that team fair fair I yes that... i i absolutely agree with uh, with what you've said uh, i mean i i own both werner and havertz as well i'm i'm keeping both havertz uh, kind of disappointed me i was expecting big things from him against brighton but i i don't have sort of um other fires to put out in my team so I, i'm just going to sort of save my move and i'm going to keep havertz for for now his fixtures after liverpool are really good i i won't be too surprised even if he does something against liverpool yeah what are your thoughts on james james is is um, i mean his his numbers post uh, restart was were really good as well he was second for chances created big chances created after robertson i i'm annoyed i didn't start with him because i was bigging him up in my threads i I I I I I didn't because I thought he would, he would be at risk um when Chilwell will be fit I I thought Aspin Chilwell will be the first choice for that backs. might be the case too. but but now with what I mean with what we've seen last night I am I'm, I'm not exactly sure what will happen now but I mean I'm I'm sort of disappointed I didn't start with him he's he's obviously a good pick to have I think he'll lose set pieces though when Zia comes back for sure definitely that's okay what I really liked about him is in the last 20 minutes of the game He wasn't actually hogging the wing. He was playing infield a lot. Was that because I think Lamps got another defender to play on that side? What happened there, Zoff? I fell asleep. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> the game finished right. at three a.m. I was fast, just struggling to stay awake. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this was kind of kind of made worse by, by the fact that a friend of mine, a pre-deadline, was was saying that he's going to pick Reece James, and he was completely sort of convincing me to to pick him. And I I told him he's going to get get dropped after two game weeks, so don't pick him. And then I I wake up today to like 15 texts from him saying that James has done really well. And what do you know? And why do you call yourself an expert? <laughs> so okay. yeah, that's. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I recommended going without Mo Salah, so I don't know what to add there. Yep, yep. Here you have it, guys—a board of experts. Yeah. <laughs> let's just. All right, let's let's budget strikers. Uh, I think uh, I just I don't have too much to say here. Uh, let's just I'll go through them. Make really it very quick. brief. Let's just get like a whole cell thing because I think again we are a bit running a bit long on time. So let's just All have right. a quick look. Let's just touch upon the ones that I really owned heavily. Primarily is Metro. I think you, neither of you guys are very keen on Metro's prospects. So would you hold or sell? Sell. TFF. Uh, hold, hold. I, I, I still don't think there are better options in that price range. I mean, if you can upgrade him to Wilson, then, then that's fine. But, but well, other than that, just hold. The problem with Wilson, I think it's good that you mentioned Wilson. We can touch up on him now. There's a good fixture against Brighton, but the next few aren't very good either. I think right after Brighton, you have Spurs. I think then you have United, and then you have Burnley. 
So yeah, Burnley's in game week four. Burnley's in game week yeah, four. So I remember the next three fixtures. These aren't really exactly very good. They're teams that are traditionally good defensively, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I still it, think he's gonna do well this week and, and against Burnley. I, I, I have this I, feeling about. Wilson. I just spend zero point five more than Wilson and get DCL. I think he's a striker. To get I think I agree price. with that. I think I totally <laughs> agree with that. So for me, Mitro is a hold for the next two weeks. You can assess it after. So yeah. another popular pick that a lot of us have, Charlie Adams. What do you think Ch- about him, TFF? Che Adams. Che Adams. Charlie, sorry, Charlie Adams is <laughs> my man from back in the day. Che yeah. Adams. Yeah, hold, she, hold. As, as I said, I, I was unfortunate. I expect him to score, so hold for me against Spurs. Yeah, I thought he was pretty promising. I like what he offers to the team. It's very different in terms of what Shane Long does. Very physical. He holds up play well. He brings others into play. I think he's going to start against Spurs and Burnley at least. I'll give him those three fixtures and then assess after. It, it was okay, I think uh, see... Zoff is cheating with us here. He asked us to give one-word answers. We're giving one-word answers and then he's going oh, on. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, it was encouraging to see him uh, you know, play till 80-85 minutes despite uh, Southampton losing. So that tells me that he's firmly first choice. He won't be sort of hooked early usually. Right. So let's skip Wilson. We already touched upon him. I, I like the look of Watkins. We haven't seen him play. But Villa's new striker, I guess, not a buy or sell, but obviously one to have on the radar. He scored, I think, over 20 goals, all non-penalty last year. I think Grealish yeah, finally has highly a striker. Rated. Very highly rated. Grealish finally has somebody who can finish their chances. So, yeah. definitely one to watch. Now, the leads forward. Let's just quickly touch upon the leads forward. Would you guys I think invest? In, I, I think in three or four game weeks, they might actually be the pick of the lot in the six million yeah, bracket. Yeah. So, the leads forward, what do you guys think? Is it worth investing in Bamford or Rodrigo? Not at the moment. Wait and watch. So my, my problem with that is I think whoever starts is going to get substituted at 30 minutes. Even if Rodri, Rodrigo starts, he's going to get subbed off at around 60-65. And w- Again, so, so we don't know, right? right? We don't have enough information in terms of what's going yeah. to happen there. So right. that's why. Just wait and watch. If We might get more data. We might see. Uh, because they spent a lot of money on Rodrigo. That's my only argument. Uh, and uh, he's seemingly a lot better than Bamford. So just wait and watch and you could yeah. find a... Steal yeah. yeah. At the moment, I feel like in the 6 million to 6.5 bracket, uh, Che and Wilson are the good ones, but I'd at least spend 0.4 more, more on DCL yeah. if you can. So I didn't even yeah. include DCL in this because he's head and yeah. shoulders, I would guess, above the rest of the crew here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So now, let's have a quick look now at the fixtures for game week two. And let's start with the first one. A lot of people are lumping in already. You've got two United attackers in your team, Ella, on yep, set yep, for yep. the first game of the season. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, so actually this is uh, worth talking about because I was thinking about this at length uh, last night because I realized that Bruno Fernandes was uh, close to rising and I didn't want to be priced out of uh, getting him. Now, I, I, that doesn't mean that Marcus Rashford uh, is a bad pick. Uh, just to give you guys my order of preference in terms of United picks, it's uh, Marshall first, closely followed by Bruno Fernandes, followed by Rashford. And Greenwood, uh, if he starts, is in a completely different price bracket who you should get anyway. Uh, but we don't know what's going to happen with the transfer window, so just monitor that closely. Uh, my, my issue with Rashford is that uh, he hasn't looked the same player post his injury. Uh, he just uh, isn't, uh, you know, he's statistically uh, doing well. He's getting a lot of shots, but they aren't accurate. They aren't uh, target. He isn't finishing his chances. And I also feel like he's a little confused in terms of what his role is. Uh, you know, sometimes I see Solskjaer talking about him as a creator and he's creating a fair amount of chances. Sometimes he's, uh, but sometimes he's getting in, uh, just running at uh, 
the defenders and losing the ball has a lot of wayward passes in him so and 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 i saw the highlights of the preseason game that they had against aston villa as well same problem he just didn't look as sharp so i worry a little about him uh, that said the pro for marcus rashford is he likes to play a lot with luke shaw cuz williams doesn't really hold the width as much as luke shaw does and they both have a great uh, understanding so that's the only reason i might go for that and uh, we could see both of them play as strikers if uh, greenwood isn't going to start the first game i feel like uh, van de beek might start the first game uh, because uh, ole might protect greenwood and right now he's not training with the first team uh, because of the covid rules so just monitor ole social's press conference and see what happens later yep. uh, bruno is a great great uh, asset i spoke about it on the last pod as well he's not a penalty merchant he he's in and around the box uh, he's building a greater chemistry with his teammates he has very high assist potential so i rank him a lot i'm very happy with bruno and marshall in my team and uh, people are talking about uh, palace being very organized and all of that but they they they're still lacking three first choice defenders and their fourth first choice defender is ward who i don't rate anyway uh, so even though they uh, you know park the bus or whatever if bruno marshall pogs and uh, uh, rashford are starting i think we've enough in us to put two three goals past them TFF anything to add no i this game is all about united attack for me and and like i think playtwice has summed it up pretty well i don't i don't want yeah. I, i don't have anything to add same here same here. i think that was a pretty good summary but so yeah i would definitely wouldn't bring in greenwood right now either. i think there's also the sancho cloud hanging over so exactly exactly just probably want to avoid the next one is southampton tottenham but let's just go over this quickly since we want to discuss these teams in length i just want to mention the scores from the last three matches now these teams were under the same management hasnhutl and mourinho it was 1-0 to saints in the same league fixture at st mary's it was 1-1 in the fa cup both teams were at full strength i think spurs had some injuries at this time but otherwise the other it was 3-2 in the reverse fixture at the replay it was spurs scored three goals from three shots on target and southampton took seven so no. it looked like a smash and grab there for spurs So there's definitely some like I think what's interesting there is that Saints have scored in all three games. Yeah, I I I think this is this is a bit of a banana skin for 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 Spurs. I I'm I, I'm not exactly confident but I won't be exactly too surprised if if McCarthy gets a haul out of this game. This this seems like the kind of game where you know he could make a lot of saves and and maybe even keep a clean sheet. I'd be more confident about Spurs if Lo Celso was fit. That's that's the What's only it, when is he back? No idea. No idea. He was close to playing the first game last I read. I'm not very sure about it. Something to worth more. Something worth monitoring. Right, because I think he plays in Ali's position, just behind yeah. him. So yeah. if he's yeah. again fit, then that Ali's history. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let's move on to Everton West Brom again. Something we have discussed earlier. I just want to add. I think sure. I think all of us agree that we predict a comfortable win for Everton. I just want to add a little point here where. Uh, Barnes was allowed a lot of chances uh, on the left side for West Brom, and Richa Richarlison plays in that position. So I think that this could be fruitful. Yeah, him. excellent point. This is an excellent point. And I think one caveat, though, to keep in mind, West Brom had one of the best away defenses in the Championship. So I'm interested to see how they set up away, whether they're less open. But just given the quality they have, I don't see how Everton won't find a way through. Yeah. That was surprising. He's never played three at the back in at last season at all. Then he goes and does that. I think he expected Leicester to go three at the back because Rogers was pretty sneaky in his press conference. He said, "I don't mind playing NDD in a back three when he drops deep and all that stuff." So I think that threw him off slightly. Yeah, yeah. So Arsenal West Ham. I think is, is it Oba captain for all three of us? 
I'm I'm not set on Oba at the moment. Like I mentioned, I think if the four uh, talisman for United are fit, uh, I could see a potentially comfortable win for United because Kuyate was playing in defense with Scott Tan, you know, and we have Ward. So I I wouldn't read too much into the Saints game. Uh, I feel like if these guys are fit, then there is a case to be made for uh, uh, the United attackers as well because uh, post restart, United were the better attack than Arsenal. So I personally don't think it's as straightforward uh, a decision. And then I, I wouldn't uh, rule out captaining Mo Salah as well just because he looks so clinical. Hmm. Hmm. So TF, I think um, TF, I think you're pretty set on Aba, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I'd also like to add that West Ham were um, of all the teams that were in the division last season, basically of all the non-promoted teams this year, um, they had the worst XGC, uh, expected goals considered. Uh, and Oba at home post restart had uh, you know the best big uh, chances per game at home. So all the numbers are basically pointing towards an Oba Hall. I'm I'm set on Oba this week. Yep, we're not right. discussing Chelsea Liverpool because it's just a game Chelsea are going to dominate. So. Let's just not touch upon. Lot of fire. I'm excited for that game. Lot there's of fire a lot of between... comments. I think Klopp made some comments about oligarchs and whatnot. So and there's the whole like Lampard Klopp feud from the touchline. So this, and it doesn't require more fuel. Chelsea Liverpool right from the Benitez Jose days has always been some bad blood there. Yeah. So it's definitely something I'm excited for. Yeah, yeah. But Lamps has this uh, little ego streak about him, which I quite like. He has this little fire in him. I feel like he'll be desperate to win this one. I'm excited to watch it. I think Werner also, I think he's quite excited to make an impact because I think he knows that Klopp wanted to sign him. So, yep, I think yep, Werner is yep. quite keen on that fixture as well. So, so do you guys want to discuss anything on the captains any further or should we move on to clean sheets? Let's, let's move on to clean sheets. Yeah, let's move on. So, what do you guys like? Let's have, start with the, your picks for the clean sheets, TFF. Why don't you kick us off? Um, okay, so I, I think Leeds, um, Leeds, I think are... A very good shout. Everton is another one I really like. Arsenal, um, those three, and and probably I'd probably pick uh, United. So those are the four four ones I, I really like this week. Yep, I, I've got those, and I think I've got Leicester versus Burnley here too. But the problem is I don't know if NDD can handle the likes of Wood. You know, a more physical striker. Yeah. So I have nothing to add here. I agree with you guys. I think it's pretty much like this. I would say at least three or four of these clean sheets look pretty nailed on, but you never know. Right, the next section, TFF, is all you. Why don't you walk us through the top stats for the game week ahead? Okay, so I'll start with the Everton attack. The first stat I have is um, is that five chances created by James Rodriguez was the was the highest among all players to play this game week. Uh, Richardson actually, I, I mentioned earlier that Richardson actually had the had the better stats uh, as compared to Calvin Lewin. So he he actually outnumbered him for shots inside the box five to two, penalty area touches nine to two, and big chances two to a v zero. And as earlier Riser pointed out, that West Ham uh, West sorry West Brom conceded the majority of the chances uh, down their right. So there's a very good chance that Richardson could be you know could be one for uh, looking at uh, in terms of uh, Hall this week. The second stat I have is um, is for the Arsenal defence. Uh, Arsenal conceded uh, just one shot inside the box against Fulham. They had a sort of really um, impressive XGC. It was worth noting that West Ham created no big chances against Newcastle, which was, which particularly you know uh, was particularly noteworthy to me. And it it stood out because Newcastle were third worst for big chances conceded last year. So West Ham creating no big chances at home against um, a defense which isn't so good was it kind of stood out and it it sort of makes me. Uh, suggest that another Arsenal clean sheet against West Ham might be on the cards. 
the third stat I have for you is is a bit more controversial, and I'm sure this is going to raise a few eyebrows. Eyebrows, but I think that um, Martial and Rashford are probably better picks than Bruno this week. I say that because um, because post restart, when all three of them started together at home, uh, Martial and Rashford had far better numbers in terms of shots inside the box, big chances, big chances created. So I think if if you're looking to get a United asset this week, Martial and Rashford are the ones to get. Yep. So yep. yeah, that's it. Yep. So next section, we all pick our differentials for this week. FYI, LR tried to cheat again. He tried to slide in Sterling as a differential. I wasn't having any of it. So he, now he's gone with Keane. Why don't you tell us more about your pick? We, we spoke about this at length. I feel like uh, yeah, that's true. the Everton defense is an underrated defense. He's an underrated family pick. And uh, I think he's going to clock more than a few clean sheets. Yep. Uh, Bakker, Lacazette? Yeah, Lacazette for me, as I've already said, West Ham... Um, you know, conceding big chances. XGC is poor. I expect the Arsenal striker to get chances. Lacazette scored, so he's going to start. He's my differential. Yep. I've gone for Watkins on the basis. I think he's going to be a talisman for Villa, and I didn't like what I saw of Sheffield. I think Villa will start off the campaign with a win. Shout out to our man Swan from our group chat. Nice, he's delighted. Grealish also staying. Good news for them. Yep, yep. I think Villa, they bought very smart. I think rather than buying obscure players from French leagues and all that stuff, I think now they're buying players from within the league and from the championship. I think it's a much wiser transfer policy in yeah, general. I don't see them in a relegation scrap this season. Especially with Fulham and West Brom around. Yes. So, <laughs> let's just have now a quick rule, guys. A uh, quick look at your teams. Now, first, we're going to look at your team, Ella. Why don't you walk us through? Uh, so, my team is McCarthy, Trent, uh, Dyer... White, uh, who's a part of my rotation with Walker Peters. I'm pretty confident playing White. I thought Brighton looked good in defence. Uh, in midfield, I have Aubameyang, uh, St. Max, Bruno Fernandes, who I got for Kai Havertz and Dele Ali. So, uh, like I mentioned earlier, it was a very difficult decision in terms of whether I should... I had two million in the bank, so whether I should sell Dele for Rashford or uh, Kai for Fernandes. And I felt like giving myself two or three weeks in terms of when the entire Chelsea midfield is fit and playing together and actually assess who's the right Chelsea midfield asset to jump on. And I was convinced uh, that Bruno was the better asset compared to Rashford just because of Rashford's poor streak of form since the project restart. So that's why I went for Fernandes. Uh, and I am uh, I have Calvert-Lewin, Timo Werner and Marshall in attack. I'm feeling a lot more better about my team uh, this season, because familiar territory, having Fernandes and Marshall, who I own for most part of last season as well. Mm-hmm. My captain at the moment is Aubameyang, but uh, traditionally, I've always captained the United player in the first game of the season. So, I think I'll probably see Hart ruling overhead in this case. I think it'll be Marshall for you, not Bruno, right? Yeah, if at yeah, all. Yeah, if at all. Yeah, Tony. He's my guy. Yeah, I think your team is really set up this week to take advantage in terms of differentials. Mm-hmm. You've got two, two United attackers. You've got Calvert-Lewin in there. So, these yeah. are players not many people will have. So... It's a good yeah. potential, to, I think, to take advantage over there. Moving on to as, your team. As long man. as Mo is quiet. As long as Mo is quiet. He isn't getting anything against Chelsea. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's move on now to Big Man's team. Big Man, go ahead. So, yeah, as you can see, my team, I mean, I, I don't really exactly like the look of my team this week because uh, most of my players are playing each other. You yeah. can see yeah. Trent, you have Alexander uh, and Robinson who are going to get negative points. Versus Havertz and, and Werner, <laughs> and then there's Mitrovic against uh, against Sailing. Uh, so yeah, this is this is basically a week for damage limitation for my team. I have Steer starting in goal because, um, but uh, but I expect Martinez to start. I, I don't really think Steer is going to play. McCarthy is going to come on anyways. 
I have Dyer benched uh, in my team because, as I said earlier, I don't really rate this Spurs defense away from home that much. Their numbers aren't great. Uh, I'm fairly convinced that Southampton will score, and I'm hoping it will be Adams, who I have in my 11. Other than that, I have Justin, Ailing. They look good for clean sheets. Uh, Salah is going to stay. I don't think I'll be spending his transfer on this team. So, yeah, that's basically it. Yep. I think moving on to my team, it's actually very similar to yours, I think. I think the only difference there, instead of Robertson, I have currently Ali in there, who will probably make way for Hamas. Otherwise, I think it's also the decision regarding Steer. I, I do think Steer will get just this one game because Martinez hasn't signed yet. I think we are recording this on a Tuesday. It will probably give him a couple of games at least to like, sorry, a couple of days, a couple of training sessions to bed in. So, Steer is worth playing, but at the same time, I do think Southampton can keep a clean sheet against Spurs. I would, it's not out of the question. So, I'm not sure that I want to go steer. That's a decision I'll probably leave till late. But yeah, all about captain is fairly simple. Everything else pretty much speaks for itself. Right. Now, let's move on to the Q&A. LR, right. you got this section. Yep, I'll be directing uh, at you guys. The first question we have is from Harry Satarov at HK Saratov. Uh, was Dignia overlooked? Personally, I considered him but wrote him off on the assumption that James Rodriguez would take set-pieces off him. Zoff, why don't you answer this one? I expected him to lose set-pieces too, honestly. But it's only one game week. We don't really know how teams would perform. So I wouldn't say that you have really overlooked anyone or beat yourself up about it. Because there's literally been no preseason. There's been no indicators of form. So it's only now is... Game week one is probably the biggest information reveal of the season. So... I really don't think you should beat yourself up about it. But he's a good pick to get in now that how solid Everton are looking with Allen. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, the next question we have is from Kurram underscore Arib. I'll take this one. Do you see Saliba replacing Holden in the Arsenal backline? Uh, I think Arteta wanted to not sell Holding for a reason. And uh, I wouldn't assume anything. Just go with what you see. And at the moment, I wouldn't buy either. If you wanted to go Arsenal, buy shorter things like... Uh, Tierney or Gabriel because you don't want to spend transfers in defence. Gather two weeks or three weeks of data before going there. Uh, and another question he has is, do we bring in Everton assets early or wait to get a bigger sample of data? Their good fixture run starts this week, Kuram. So, get them. Yep. Uh, next question is for Big Man. It's from Shield underscore up the reds underscore 1892. When does one know there's a need to wildcard, Big Man? Basically, I it just depends on the number of injuries in the team when when the team needs it. Uh, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule on when to wildcard. It depends on you know it's a very subjective question. Whenever you think there there's an opportunity to you know um, to go for it, then then just go for it. you know for example when when I look at when I look at my squad and I see you know three or four um, spots in the eleven where I can sort of make up ground by going for differentials. That's when I usually wildcard or or when I have you know, a large number of injuries or suspensions in my team. That's when I wildcard, personally. Yep. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, next question is for Zoff. It's from FPL Balor at the rate FPL is live. Uh, can you please take a deeper look at the Leeds budget midfielders, please? Yep. So, I did a bit of research on this earlier. Now, again, I don't think there's one standout midfielder, but it's worth mentioning that Harrison created the most big chances for them last season. He featured in every single game. Now, that's something that I really like. But just keep in mind, as I mentioned earlier, he will miss game week four as he's on loan from Man City. The other option is Pablo Hernandez, who got nine goals and nine assists, the most contributions. But I do think age is going to catch up to him at this level. But again, I don't think there's a bad pick, but you have to be patient with them because there's really no clear talisman. But if I had to pick one, I think it would be Harrison. 
All right, I agree with that answer. Uh, next question is something I'll take. It's from at the rate FPL Kent. What do what do what do we do with the Liverpool defensive assets? Trent is very expensive and looked bad versus Leeds. I think it deserves patience. He's got FPL predictory from the last two years, and it is a fitness thing. I think he'll be sharper and sharper by the week. And uh, if you sell him right now, I think you'll want him back in three or four weeks, and you don't want to spend transfers there. So hold, in my opinion. Yep. The next question is for Bakar. Uh, it's from Craig Kemp thirty two. Is there a player you know you want next week? You would. If there is a player you know you want next week, would you get them this week to avoid a probable price rise? Um, I I don't think I, I look at it that way. I mean, if if I'm um, if he's talking about the same game week, then then yes, early on I like playing more aggressively um, because I, I like. He's talking about the game week after. If he's talking about the game week after, then no, just for the sake of a price rise. If he has a bad fixture this week, I won't suggest getting him for you know. Or I I personally like you know. Um, Playing the fix, pick fixtures over the fact or over pre- player rises, yeah. price rises can you know they can come with form that that's something which I don't exactly look forward to. Yeah, and and also if uh, you know I think he's worried about whether he's not able to afford the player. Uh, Craig, I just like to say that you can't predetermine such stuff, and the amount of exactly. information that you gather in one game week, your opinion might be different next game week. So don't worry too much about it. Play every week as it comes. Yep. All right. Uh, the next Absolutely. question is for uh, Zoff. It's from. Ryan Lee nine nine six nine. What are your thoughts on Sadio Mane? Hold moves up sideways to Salah, sell for another team's assets. Would love to hear your thoughts on him. I would hold. I think if you own him, I think as uh, we mentioned earlier, he's better on the road, and three of the next four road games are away. If you're really keen on moving him, I wouldn't necessarily move him to Salah primarily because of what we discussed. Salah's home record. I would probably be tempted, if anything, to jump on Bruno, get ahead of the pack a little bit. All right. Next question is from our friend FPL Ferry. Uh, he's asking me who did who didn't manage to produce FPL returns but impressed on the eye and will be on your radar over the coming weeks. Uh, my answer there is Richarlison. I think that's a pretty easy one. He's got a good enough fixtures. He had the stats. He looks sharp. It's a good one. Uh, next question is for Bakar. How do you translate data from FFS to useful information? This question is from Vinay Thorat at Win eighty two six. I've used my instincts last season, but it's time I'm using of it's time I'm thinking of using statistical data to supplement my gut. That man, why pers- tell us? Yeah, so personally, I I use a core group of stats such as big chances, xG, and shots inside the box when 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 looking at player statistics. Uh, the second thing I look at is is the team statistics, attacking uh, statistics for the team he plays for, and defensive statistics for the team he plays against. Uh, when I'm looking at an attacker, because that tells me, you know, um, how kind of uh, what kind of a defense he's facing, what kind of attack his team has. So I mean, when 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 you put all these teams together, all of these things together, that helps you sort of make an informed decision. And that's how I use stats to, you know, um, make my my decisions. They don't always work out, but but more often than not, you you you'll notice that uh, things will go your way. You have to trust the process. Right. I mean, you have certain data, you have certain ways of doing it. Absolutely, it absolutely, yep. Yep. Uh, okay, the last question for the day. This is from a friend from the community, FPL underscore AA33. You shout out to him because actually I didn't know about the Ranveer Singh League, which I won last season. And he pointed out to me and told me you should join it. And because of him, I might get to watch a game in the UK. So thank you, AA33. Uh, questions for you, Zoff. Are Palace really a target fixture like many think? Many saying they had one of the worst XGC post-restart, but they also had the worst fixture run in terms of their facing Liverpool, United, Chelsea, Spurs, Leicester and Wolves in six of the last games. Uh, 
So what are your thoughts of? I think it's a bit of because I did think they were a fixture to target early on primarily because of the injuries in defense and how poor they were over the restart. But again, Hodgson is a bit like Tony Pulis. After his teams hit 40 points, they just fall off a cliff in terms of motivation, commitment and all that stuff. So right now it's a different thing. I believe a bit in momentum. I think teams that have won will definitely carry some momentum into the next weekend. So it's primarily the reason I'm not rushing into buying Man United assets. I don't think Palace will roll over. All right. I think that's it for the questions. Yep. And I think that's it for, that's for this for the pod. Okay, kept it under not, 90 minutes. Yes, I think that was a target. We assumed it would be a long one, but I was uh, pretty happy. I think we covered a lot of ground. Uh, also, I've reversed. I've seen a few videos and I'd like to remind you guys that if you guys haven't already liked, shared or subscribed our videos, please do and hit the bell icon. Everybody says they should hit the bell icon so that you get notified when our next video is uploaded. Uh, that's it from our end. Hopefully I've closed the gap on these two next game week and most not uh, destroyed another weekend of mine. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Good Goodbye from me. Cheers, guys. See you. Bye-bye. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network.